On a very cheesy episode of Pie Hard this week, we investigate the psychology of winning and why Melbourne doesn't have it. We look at the demon's decline. We investigate the dominant ruck debate. And we look at the rift between Collingwood royalty. All that and a blockbuster Queen's birthday preview. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. Because we don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. I'm comfortable in myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Welcome back to Pie Hard. Welcome, Al. I'm loving it. Welcome, Chunky. Hey, hey. And Turbo, what do you see outside the window? It's bloody cold up here. It's, it is sure. cold, isn't it? It's a fresh dump. I can't see anything, actually. <laughs> it's a blizzard. Yeah, it's a blizzard. Explain, <laughs> explain to the pie-hard uh, brethren where we are and why we are. We are here, we are. sitting in a nice chalet up in Mount Buller. A little, little bit of fondue. Mm. Mount Hotham, yeah. We're here, Mount Hotham. Do we, where, do we, where do we want to be? Hang on, if we were Collingwood supporters, it'd be... Donabuang. No, no, no. Don- yeah, 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 yeah. Is it Dinabuang? We, we are here pretending to be at Mount Buller, but we're actually at Mount Donabuang because we are true. Or Lake Mountain. Lake Mountain. Toboggan in hand. Nice. Faded denim jeans. Soggy from all the slush. So what are we? What are we looking at at the moment? So Mount Buller. How many lifts? Not actually. No lifts open out of twenty-two. Really? Um, Mount Borbor. No lifts out of seven. And Hotham, no lifts out of 14. So potentially have jumped the gun a little bit on... Um, oh, hang on, Lake, Mount, Lake Mountain? No, they don't have lifts, do they? <laughs> no, Lake Mountain, no. you got to walk back up in your soggy jeans. <laughs> yeah. Your KT26s. <laughs> Make sure you got the chains on. Yeah, the vending machine. Well, it might, not, it might not be brilliant snow conditions, but oh, it's, 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 it, the potential for a, a bumper snow season is there. And I think record crowds this year. On the slopes. On the slopes. Yes. Huge. Empty MCG. Why? Why would there be empty crowds? What happened? Just look at the ladder. There's been a decline, hasn't there? There's been a bit of a decline. So so rewind to the start of the year, and I think this was up there with one of the most anticipated clashes of the season, certainly in the AFL's eyes. I think they... Well, clearly, because they added another game at the end of the year. We are talking about the decline of the uh, Melbourne Football Club in 2019, Gentlemen, thoughts on, on where it all went wrong? I think it had been building up and somehow they got away with it for many seasons and it's two words. Casey Fields. Oh. <laughs> this is, is, I haven't read this. Sounds... How is that your training facility in 2019 we're in? 2019, that's where you do weights. Where is Casey? Like, I don't even know. Sounds like a person, right? Yeah. Craigie, Craigie Burn? Craigieburn yeah. or something? Yeah. Don't they train half the time there and half the time when the Melbourne Storm aren't training? 
Is that right? Hang on, I thought, aren't they Gosh's Paddock? Don't they have our we sloppy do, no seconds? No one knows. No one, but I mean, they don't have an actual place they do weights. So, so grand final week. <laughs> I mean, like, there we go, like, exclusive. <laughs> the lack of, the lack of uh, barbells yep. at Casey Fields. I mean, well, Storm are clearly there. using, Storm are clearly using the barbells most of the time. These are big guys. These are guys that need them. <laughs> Melbourne, clearly not. But if you look at some of their players, it looks like they've done a lot of work in the gym. Spargo. Um. <laughs> look at Max Gorn. Max Gorn looks like he's a, a POW. <laughs> 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 he looks like he's just come out of Okinawa. I'm not lying. He does. He looks. He's got the long beard. Needs a meal. <laughs> it's yeah, it's playing like it too. Mm. He picked up some killer barista skills down on the, <laughs> on the front. That's right. <laughs> Built his own table too, right? One of those nice Japanese hand saws. But I'd probably go toe to toe with you in the uh, wine department as well. Hasn't he launched a wine? But I'm sure. Is it a natural wine? That's probably some fucking natural wine. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, you know, the supporters, you know, pretty well to do. Imagine having to go out to Broadmeadows to train. And you're a Melbourne supporter. It just goes against the, the fabric, doesn't it? I don't yeah. think they haven't had a supporter at a training session for. Since 2000. Yeah, what well, if they make the grand final? Event. We all know that's not going to happen. But. Am I wrong in saying, guys, I always say that on this podcast. Um, now, Jollymont, they're trying to build a new training structure there, aren't they? At the station, above it. <laughs> the station. I'm not lying. It sounds I, like Maggie Land. Until my house got flooded, that was <laughs> hops giving a jump away, and they're trying to build a whole new structure there, cut down half the car park, chop down all the trees, and build Melbourne's new s- training facility right there. I suppose, you know, after a game, pretty quick to flee on the train. <laughs> three-quarter time. <laughs> yeah, three-quarter time. Out of there. Well, yeah. Well, Melbourne needs somewhere to do weights, and it's not Casey Fields, and it's not Storm's seconds. Well, I'll tell you what has happened is they're spending far too much time in the pool, far too much time underwater in the mm. pool. Mm. And, um, well, you've got a feel for some of those Melbourne players looking for an edge. If they can't do weights, they can't work on their buys, their tries, their chest, legs, what are they going to do? They're going to spend more time underwater. The pool holding medicine balls. That's all I, that's all I got. No, I agree. Well, I saw, I saw Brody Grundy do it last year beautifully. Didn't he do three laps underwater with the medicine ball? Clearly, Christian Petrarca is not that savvy at it. So what's the story again? Petrarca was... He was... What, he was six... I think he was being forced. Under deep end. Yeah, and he was forced. being forced, essentially a gun to his head, saying, if you do not continue this underwater power, mm. non-air stuff, mm. you're in trouble. Is and, that the sports science yeah. phrase? Underwater power, non-air stuff. And passed out, right? Well, yeah. Oh. I mean, I think that there's physi- physiological benefits arguably to depriving your body of oxygen yep. did it today whilst going through exertion mm-hmm. and it would be a similar premise to the altitude room you yep. get less oxygen uh, and you're able to Stand. yeah I think Stand it's sort of white blood cells yeah. and this kind of business efficiency your body's efficiency I however like that sometimes yeah. in this room actually yeah, it's, it's more sense <laughs> of drowning sometimes <laughs> but Christian I mean let's talk about Christian so it's become clear and this could be a pie hard exclusive, but I'm sure that many people in the football community knew it already. Mm. Christian's moving on at the end of the year. Mm. 100%. W- would we take him? And is he one of those players who might surprise a few 
at his second club? Well, I think the the um, the Collingwood VFL team could actually use <laughs> someone of his capacity in, in the forward line. Been struggling a yeah. bit this year, to be yeah. completely honest. Um, yeah, we've lost a solo. Can you trade your VFL picks in the draft? This that would do be they, a do they cross? Do they cross over? If you've got five Two of first rounders. Adam Oxley for Petrarca mm. in a VFL Woodward. swap. Oh yeah, I could see that working. Look, I think he'd fit in down there. I look, I. We, I think we chatted about this on the way to the game the other day. I think Christian Petrarca is going to be a top 10 player in two years. Yeah, he's going to be another Dugowie he's... if he's given the right environment. And that's probably Freer. a Dermot Brereton, um, Aaron mm. James type mm. mentorship <laughs> estimate that I've done there. And it'll probably bite me. But I really feel like he's got the capacity to be an amazing player. It's not happening there. So who takes Christian under their wing to show him what it takes to be a an elite AFL player? Is it one of those scenarios like mm. with the famous John Owen Swanee uh, preseason mm. uh, private preseason camp they did, where they suddenly twigged that they shit they've got to do something different? That, the one yeah, on one six one. Sleep deprivation for yeah. three months. That's really yeah, good exactly. for your for your white blood cells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we could no. afford Christian Petrarca, unfortunately. So you think Gold Coast, perhaps? I think he, I think he'd do well up there, um, or maybe marginally better than he's doing down here. Yeah, he'd, he'd blend in. It's a like for like scenario, if you yep. if you ask me. Just with a warmer clime. We've identified that the sole reason behind mm. Melbourne's fall from grace is. Christian Petrarca. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lump it on him. I mean, can't we just say that it's just Melbourne? I think it's Melbourne. Yeah, that's where we're at. Because Melbourne's inability to develop talent because they don't have a weights room. All avid readers on uh, on the Pie Hard podcast, as as is our uh, wider listening base, and a, and a favourite book of ours from 1978 written by um, the great Dennis Waitley. Um is a, this was before mindfulness, the trends swept, swept through, but mm. the book was called The Psychology of Winning. Now, in his book, um, what Dennis talks about, he, he talks about the principles of converting yourself from a loser to a winner. And you may have heard this before, but winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. Basically, essentially, he has three lessons and, and to turn or convert yourself into a winner. The first lesson is that winning isn't an, an action, it's a lifestyle. The second is that losers let things happen while winners make things happen. And the third is winners win in every aspect of life. To become a winner, you need to be a winner and you need to think like a winner. The Melbourne Football Club, since 1952, three or four? Four. 1950s, four have not come close to tasting, feeling, or experiencing the sensation of winning. Mm. What it's like to scale Mount Buller, to be at the top of the highest black, double black run, double black diamond run. Fanny's finish. Fanny's finish. So what has happened, this, this, this psychology of winning that has eluded this football club for decades. Mm. It's gone. Permeates. So... <clears throat> argue not a bad list not a bad game style but it's irrelevant mm. because this hoodoo this this haunting ghost of, of of losing continues to plague this team Definitely. and I'd love to speak to Dennis Waitley about 
you know, what he'd do with this team because, I mean, they're clearly, they haven't read this book. Shock, um, shock therapy, maybe. Well, maybe it goes back to the pool. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was an attempt. Mm. But it's quite interesting when you really read through the psychology of winning and you compare that to, to the Melbourne Football Club, just how vivid um, that theory comes to life when you watch those guys. I mean, I watched that game on the weekend. They had it. Mm. 31 points up. Could have iced it several times in the last quarter, but just found a way. It's so true. To can, lose. Yeah. Can, can we release this podcast after the game? Because we all know what's going to happen. They're going to get him down for the preseason, for the pre, pre-match talk. Dennis. Dennis. And they're going to blow us away. So. Oh, no. No, no. We're going to kill him. It would be great if we killed him. It reminds me of Richmond when they um, obviously went through a massive drought up until 2017. And I remember them knocking down most of Punt Road and rebuilding brick by brick from the foundations up mm. and just driving past and the realisation was that the culture of losing had seeped into the very fabric of the club. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that stage, it's it's a psychology which can't be banished. I mean, it's like, you know, I've been watching Chernobyl and once that atom splits and you've released the, um, the, gas. the graphite from inside the, the reactor and it's something which will just keep on emitting um, and keep on poisoning uh, for decades and even centuries. Now, Richmond could knock down Punt Road and start again in a fabric sense and build a new culture and get Peggy O'Neill and Brennan Gale on uh, on the front foot and do some good trading and they could build something of a successful culture over the last few years. Melbourne doesn't even have a home ground. What are they? Nothing to knock down. A reactor. <laughs> so it's all right. it's all in the head. Yeah, and that's scary. Imagine if they did knock down Casey Fields. Like yeah. you, you wouldn't even know. Well, because they don't even own it either. And we don't even know where it is. It's just a theory. Maybe it doesn't even exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need to figure out if Casey Fields actually exists. Yeah. I think. And I there's, think, no, yeah, mm. there's nothing to knock down at Gosh's Paddock. In a marketing sense, you would just do a full rebrand. You yeah. would dispense with the, the demon the, or the colour scheme, all of that. You would just you would build it from the bones. You'd reinvent it. Yep. If it was a beauty product, you'd just come up with a new, what, what, more exciting name. What name would you give Sorbeline. Well, I don't, I don't want to put you on. Hawthorne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Don Scott. <laughs> Rip that jumper up, Don. Those that religiously follow the Pie Hard podcast will understand that we are massive proponents of social media these days. We're on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Pie Hard Podcast. Please follow us. Please like. Please comment. Please share. We look forward to interacting with you on our socials. So we've established that the psychology of winning is not Melbourne's forte. But one other topic of discussion, which has been going on for a couple of years now, is let's go straight to the top end of town. We're talking about the Ruckman. Who is the premier Ruckman of the competition? And I don't think anyone would argue that the two best Ruckman going around right now represent the Collingwood Football Club and the Melbourne Football Club. Definitely. I'm talking, of course, Mm. about... Brody Grundy. Mm. Oh, mobile, just changing the game, uh, an extra midfielder, good in the air, good around the ground, good looking, yep. ponytail, man Intelligent. bun. Yep. Um, it's become good in the air. It's become good in the air this year oh, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. It was a weak link, now he can. Mm. Really revol- revolutionised the trade of, of the uh, the running 
sack of trash Ruckman just kind of getting to position um, for, for a cheeky tap to really dominating all corners he's, he's of bought, the game. He's brought value to the craft. He's bought, he's bought some, some style pizzazz. to rucking. A bit of pizzazz. Yeah. A bit of pizzazz. He's an extra midfielder for us. Yep. So just terrific athlete. Yeah, his ground coverage is extraordinary. So I've, a couple of times earlier in the season, you see him drop back and take a defensive mark in the uh, defensive 50. Next play is in the middle, dishing out to a running forward and then, you know, often in the receiving end. So his coverage mm. of the ground is extraordinary Massive. for a man of his size and height. Yeah. And it should be said, of course, that Melbourne do have a dominant ruckman. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he, he, it must be argued, it must be argued that he's, he's, he's up there. I, I hardly notice the difference. He gets around the ground a lot. He's, mm. he's, when, when you see him, he's there. Yeah. For the difference for me... <laughs> when you see him, he's there. The difference for me, and it's really... It, <clears throat> talking as a Collingwood supporter, it's really hard to split these two. And I'll be, I don't often say that about, um, <clears throat> about another team's Ruckman. He's a bit lumbering. He's a little bit lumbering. Uh, he's got a lot going off a lot going on off off field which i think has has led to you know it's, it's a, there's a, right. there's a distraction there and maybe he hasn't taken his game to the next level still yeah. dominating of course but yeah. the media is so bloody obsessed savage. with this debate yeah. about oh, best ruckman Collingwood melbourne why does everyone love this guy though well look i, I th- let's let's talk more about him i think you know whilst his goal kicking has been a little bit shonky in the past he has been able to slot a few um, just recently yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little bit over the Brody Grundy, uh, Braden Pruce argument. <laughs> I think, I think we're past it. I think it's Grundy by a nose. By a nose. By about fifteen kilometres. He's established himself just a notch above this year. I feel. Well, look, if he is lucky to to get a game in the ones again, and we do hope Braden is selected. Um, that's worth the uh, the ticket price, the thirty nine dollars MCC yeah. guest pass alone to see Brody Grundy and Braden Pruce. Mm. And Grundy's under yeah. sweated yeah. out. Grundy's under a bit of a cloud, so he could potentially just. Well, you'd have take to say then. You'd have to say Braden. This is Braden's mm. opportunity it's, to it's reclaim the mantle. Pruce's moment. Pruce's Pruce, moment. Yep. The Pruce moment. Good on, Prucey. We're looking forward to that. Good to put the debate to bed. Good that is. We know what the Melbourne sport is going to take for lunch uh, right, in terms of the cheese board. Yeah. The famous cheese board. To there the game. A, there was a bit of quince on that. Did you, do you remember? Was it, it was like a game at the MCG. Melbourne supporters yeah. sitting there with their actual cheese board. How'd they get the knife in? Mm. Plastic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I guess maybe he just went, it's for my cheese board, and they were like, okay. Oh, yeah, cool. sorry. Yeah, they, they did a... Profiling. They don't yeah, get profiled. Exactly. They move, uh, they move through yeah. with oh, little dental chest. Immunity. Steam. Complete immunity. Well, may, maybe, yep. maybe he'd smuggled it in because he didn't want to ruin the cheese board. That's true. So what would a... <laughs> okay, let's, what's, what's the quintessential Collingwood cheese board? Oh, oh you got to go the um, Costella. I reckon. <laughs> wow, that's, you are. You are. Uh, Isn't that a four dollar? That's a four dollar number. I thought. Remember oh, the Costello? I think it's a, a big slab, big slab of coon cheese oh, with some uh, cabana. Yeah. Cabana. Don, it has to be cabana. Some, uh, some savoys, savoys, yep. mm-hmm. savoys with uh, some kind of like um, mock turkey or I'm, some kind of. I'm going to say. I'm going to say that Spam. there'll be a lot of cheese on the board, but none mm. of it is from the fridge. Mm, no, you know, craft singles. That, you know how there's that weird aisle. Yeah, this is cut from buy, the wheel, isn't it? 
cheese, yeah. like it's next to Vegemite. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Like this weird cheese section. Where Craft. It's just like the thick algae. It's like so processed. Yeah. I think you could use a Vegemite in lieu of the oh, quince based. Cheesy, yeah. cheesy mm-hmm. mite. I must say, in Beautiful. the defense of those young men, those young D's supporters, that their cheese board looked delicious. I'm just going to bring it up now. Um, okay, what have we got here? So they had a legitimate French baguette. Oh, yeah. They had a wedge of Daffinois, oh, wow. soft French that's, that's cheese. About $80 a kilo. They had half an avocado. An avocado? An avocado. Oh, interesting. A punnet of olives in oil, some prosciutto. Mm. Oh, yeah. But the presentation's the best. I mean, it's two legitimate cheese boards mm. that look like, you know, they've been aged from one of the antique stores down in Malvern. It does. Yeah, Malvern, perfect. So they had the, the baguette. Was the baguette being sliced to order? Was that already, did it come pre? Oh, see oh that. yeah, that's, well, that no, that's is, extravagant. That's a, yeah, that's, that's really extravagant. Proper baguette. So the two cheese boards. They weren't it's muffing phenomenal, around. Isn't it? Wow, there's some charcuterie there. Maybe we could, at Pie Hard, take our Collingwood cheese board mm. and see if we can get that viral. Oh. But it needs to really stand out. That's a really great idea. So the Collingwood cheese board, okay. Some, some... So what actually is the cheese board physically, though? Is it a, the, you know, an old, beaten-up, VB hubcap. coaster? Yeah, what is yeah, it? A hubcap? Yeah, hubcap? What actually is it? You know what we need? We need Ripped some flavoured milk on the side. Yeah, a, a, oh, a, a nice. prison shank to cut the cheese mm, with, yeah. like the <laughs> nippies, chocolate yeah, milk. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think that's really good. Have you ever had any cheese and bourbon? In other news, did you fellas see the tit for tat between Malthouse and Buckley today? Because that was unbelievable. That was quite startling. Tit for tat underplays it. I think this was this was. I've never seen Buckley. In, in the recent era, is it, is era it respond. completely is agree? Is there yeah. anything that doesn't die? Because this has been going on for how many? No, how many I don't think that's true. I think that if for Buckley to respond in that manner, and what 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 happened? Okay, so Nathan, oh, well, basically, um, uh, Mick Malthouse was inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame last night. Made some very pointed comments uh, around the succession plan, mm-hmm. um, and basically, his his feeling was that. That role was never going to work because not not because of him, um, but because Nathan didn't want him um, around his coaches, didn't want him around his players, and didn't want him in the coaching box. Therefore, making the role quite difficult. Right. Um, maybe Nathan doesn't see it that way. He responded on radio uh, the following day, basically saying, obviously first starting off by saying how much he respected Malthouse as a coach and a player, but also saying that history was being rewritten in mm. a sense of course and coming out with some quite pointed comments around feeling like clearly there's no love lost um he doesn't want to know about me um i've been left one of the dead carcasses on the side of the hume highway or some comment around on the way to back as so very very pointed comments but obviously sad sadly uh, for the two, the former mentor or the firm, former coach and captain, they don't talk. And why would you talk to an old, grumpy old man who got fired from another club two years afterwards? Very interesting point, Chucky. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think we might have to uh, ask Mick that one. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's played out sensationally in the media. Asked, um, it, asked on Wednesday if he had any relationship with Malthouse, Buckley said the pair did not get on and described himself as one of the bodies on the side of the road. 
for a sitting coach is to come out with this stuff about an ex-coach. Is he uh, saying that Malthouse burns his bridges? I think that's an understatement. If anyone who's comparing Malthouse to Malat. Wow. <laughs> You've, I don't, he, he described Malthouse as a, quote, master manipulator with rat cunning. Oh, I think that's... I thought that was a good thing. Yeah, depending if you're on so Game like of Thrones, right? Mm. He doesn't want to know about me because I'm now an enemy in his eyes and he'll rewrite history to make sure that was always the case. That's a mysterious comment. He'll rewrite history. It's funny because Buckley mm. usually is pretty good at just, you know... This is my point go. before, exactly. Mm. He's not the type of person to engage in this regard. He plays a straight bat and has professionally for, what, the last 10 years. And this is, must have been building up inside. There must have been a lot of frustrations bubbling away inside perhaps that, for him or, to come out with this kind of tirade. Or perhaps when he said that it was Buckley's fault quickly in that Hall of Fame speech, he just went, hang on, that's so far from the truth, it's not funny. Enough is enough. I'm not going to stand for that. I was ready to fulfil the role you wanted me to and vice versa, and you didn't hold your end of the bargain there, Michael. He should have just said, he's an old man. <laughs> Pointed. You should have just said, he's an old man. You know, we know what they're like. That's it. <laughs> That's right. Well, he certainly is a grumpy old man. Well, Mick, Mick, Mick who? <laughs> no, Gaffer? look, for the record, we're big fans of Mick. He's a premiership coach here at Pie Hard. We like Mick. We know he's a crusty old fool at times. Yeah. But we're on board with Nathan because he's the future of our club. That's what we got to do. And you've got to stick fat with the club sometimes. Club is bigger than the individual. I also think this is all just a ruse um, for Buckley's new primetime show, the Wolf Blass Hour. Oh, Blass, nice. Blass Hour. First yeah. guest, Mick nice. Mulhouse. So just building this up in the lead up to that first online only uh, special that you can unlock with the purchase of three Shirazes. <laughs> <laughs> Cap Savs in any do, order. Do I actually need to buy them. <laughs> I'm not sure. Was that. It'll is be that, that. No, no. Yeah. yeah. You, you probably have to buy. You probably need a barcode. Yeah. Well, but the kids would line up. I mean, now they would. Yeah. Kids line up for Wolf Blast. Anyway. Nathan Buckley, Mick Malthouse, one-on-one, oh. thanks to the Blast. Over right. like, I mean, if there's any beverage that's going to bring these two back together, it's got to be a... It's uh, a strong Barossa. A silky Blast. Yeah. Who oh. needs Caro's arrow when you got Blasphemy? They stuck. If anyone from Wolf Blast marketing team is listening to us, we could pro- potentially make this Send happen due to the connections that Pie Hard have. So please, uh, at Pie Hard Podcast on Instagram... Uh, this could be the story of the decade, and uh, yeah, we might be able to make it happen. The untapped, the un- untapped magpie market out there, the Collingwood hordes, just untapped, waiting to spend six ninety nine for a bottle of Cabernet. Oh, it's winter too. Why spend any more? Jump at it. Actually, I had a wolf blast last night. Must be said, you too. and it was delicious. My wife said it delicious. It was a yellow label, whatever that means. It was mm. a Cabernet Sauvignon. And if um, Wolfgang, you're out there, I think you're making a mighty good drop. It's a little bit sugary, a little bit full on with the fruit. Sucrose. But it is a Barossa. Additional. (laughs) A Barossa, you know, product. And um, as Chunky will tell you, it's not all about the 90-90 burgundies. We do embrace the local Well, we certainly do. By all means, please. I, I would love to. So, good, good pairing with a hubcap cheese board as well. Yes. Pie hard. Needs to be said. Yes. Brought to you by Blass. Let's talk about the game. All right. So, this week, guys, my opinion is Collingwood will lose. What do you think? Oof. Talk us through. Talk us through. Talk us through. Talk us through. That's a big, big, big claim. So, talk us through. Why would you, why would you think that? 90 minutes of just 
destroying <laughs> Melbourne on every front, and he drops the bombshell. Ah, uh, look, it's tipping against the bias. Pragmatic. The older I get, the more pragmatic I get. The more I try and play the percentages. I feel like Collingwood does that too. Biggest thing: no Grundy, ankle injury. Midfield cool. is now, raining. Is that confirmed? Is that confirmed? Uh, is a it's, it's a classic, chunky scoop. <laughs> He does have until Monday. He'll be BOG. He'll be BOG. Uh, look, that and I heard a stat that we've won eight quarters since round four. It's all about winning, mate. It doesn't matter. Uh, I know we've been winning, but apparently we're not winning won, quarters. We've also won eight Dang games it. since round four. Yeah. yeah, hasn't there been eight games since then? Don't so. knock the messenger. Don't even knock the <laughs> I, statistic. I'm going to go with the return to form of the whole team. The okay. Just oh, the so, click, yes. the click. Maybe last week, you know, that you know they got over the line the last few weeks, and then last week maybe it was just, just a bit of love that they needed just to click them back into gear. And a ferocious, I meant Melbourne are cooked. Mm. Come on. Well, look, I I love I love a player being pulled back into the team um, with with a lot to prove. And for me, we're preempting a selection here, but we think the bear, Braden Sire will make his long-awaited return, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to getting a bit of grunt in the guts, oh, the getting grim. a bit of, getting getting the truffle pig in there. The not the pig, not no, the pig. He's not the pig, he's the grizzler. The grizzler, the, the, grizzly. the grizzly, grizzly man. Getting him in there at the bottom of the pack, releasing the wings, mm. yep. releasing Pendlebury. Timothy Treadwell. And uh, Timothy, well, yes, and hopefully there is a bit of a Timothy Treadwell ending for the Melbourne Football Club if we're so mm. lucky. I love you. <laughs> I will never show that footage. <laughs> I promise I will never show the footage. Is that what? We're in a hurt at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry that we went really <laughs> deep on oh, that. That was one. good. That's, that's, that's for <laughs> the thinkers. <laughs> yeah. That's for the thinkers. That's Grizzly. Yeah. Can I, can I say, Today, I reckon, first trouble. bounce, angry Pendlebury in the middle, just oh. to ruffle a few faces. Angry Pendlebury. Pendlebury. Do you mean Maynard? Because I always yeah. sort of thought Maynard looks like you mean yeah, that's you do. Angry Pendlebury. Wow. Wow. Devil Gin is in Tekken and Gin and Devil Gin. Good, I like it. Yes. Well, do you really remember? That, I can't remember what game it was, but they put Angry Pendlebury in yeah, this middle last year, for like a couple of games, fifteen minutes, and he just went bananas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in the press conference, <laughs> in the press conference, Nathan said, "Oh, he's probably a bit further ahead than what we thought he was." But then they didn't put him back because he had too many midfielders. Yeah. Like, and it was Angry injuries. Pendlebury. I remember, I remember. I remember the game. I remember, and he just was like he was like he was like a crazy ape off the leash running uh he <laughs> he was a, he was he went super back angry. he trained he, like he trained midfield country you know just like 2018 pre he trained for midfield and then we got all those injuries he had to move back if i recall put him in put, put him, him in. in there put him in sure come I'll, at the hour I've got no problem with that probably only last 10 minutes because yeah. he's maybe a bit underdone uh, that sounds great to me. I still think we're going to lose by 26 <laughs> points. <laughs> well, there's no doubt, let's be honest, that um, Melbourne's going to play well. The monkey's off their it's back. Mm. Everyone knows their shit. Mm. They probably won't make finals. And now's their time to come out, prove everyone this wrong. This is the final for them. This now. is their game. This is always their game. Always the game. They make all their money for the decade off this one game. The slide thing, all that so stuff. So the game <laughs> is... The, the fans it's are... Game on at three-quarter time. Isn't it? You know, the fans are excited so. because they know they win this and then they've got straight to the ski, straight mm. to the slopes. Mm. Well, they're watching mostly from the chalets. And mm. if they win, it's it's like those flapping 
snow diamond oh, wow. snow angels mm, out the front the angels mm. families of melbourne supporters just flapping their wings on the Which ground because they're the making demons. snow angels angels and demons you know what they say yeah mm. and that was another episode of the pie hard podcast please don't forget to subscribe on itunes and spotify or wherever you get your podcast from so you're always connected and you get the latest pie hard podcast when it drops which will be after the buy. Fortnightly, we'd suggest-ish. Fort, yes. 